Jesus. And uh, throughout this month, we're going to be talking about Judah uh, from the Bible, the life of, of Judah and the things that uh, happened in his life, how he was victorious, um, how he changed as a person, and how we can change and be victorious in Jesus. Amen? So we're discussing victory. Amen? And as we say, victory is what? It's in the praise, and it's in Jesus, amen? So let's talk a little bit about Judah. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Judah, okay? So who was Judah? Judah was one of the tribes of Israel. He descended, descended from Judah, who was the fourth son uh, born to Jacob and his first wife, Leah. Remember, Jacob had two wives. His first wife uh, was Leah. Um, and so it is disputed whether the name Judah was originally that of the tribe or the territory that it occupied, but it is known as the tribe of Israel or Judah. Amen? All right. So we know that Judah was one of the 12, um, one of the four sons of Jacob and Leah. Amen? So Judah, turning your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37, verse 26 and 27. Amen? So one of the things that we learn about Judah is that Judah was just no ordinary brother. He had a lot of influence over his other brothers. And if you know the story of Judah and his brothers, then you know the story of Joseph. You know the story of Joseph, then you know the story of Judah. Judah, um, being the older one, had a lot of influence over the other uh, brothers. Now, Joseph was the brother that they say was a little arrogant. You know, he had the coat and... There was a gift on his life, and so he thought he was all that, amen. <laughs> so let's go to Genesis chapter 37, verse 26 and 27. And Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it for us to kill him, to kill our brother, meaning Joseph, and cover up his blood? Come and let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Now, when the Bible says his brothers listened to him, that simply means that he had influence over his brothers. In other words, he can convince them to not take Joseph's life. Because if you remember the story in Genesis, they wanted to do what? They wanted to kill Joseph because they were jealous and they were angry. And so they were basically tired of Joseph showing off, if you want to say it that way. And they wanted to kill him. But Judah said, wait a minute, let's, let's, let's not kill him. Let's just, let's, let's not kill him. Let's just go ahead and sell him. Now, what Judah did was not right. It wasn't right to go ahead and sell him. But he stopped them from doing what? Killing him. So sometimes when we read this, we think, oh, Judah did something so great and that he protected Joseph's life. Judah could have taken that his same influence that he had and convinced his brothers to do what? Let's just go ahead and take him back home. But instead, 
he said, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. And as we continue to store, to study the life of Joseph and the life of Judah, we begin to understand how significant that was. So the first key point that we want to talk about is sinfulness and our influence over others. When God has put you in a position of influence over others, what are you doing with that power? that influence see joseph's brothers they did what they wanted to kill him but judah said no let's sell him instead while judah's actions saved joseph's life they were still what selfish why because he profited from joseph being sold because in order to sell him they had to do what they had to receive a profit so for a prophet, they sold Joseph into slavery. Now, slavery was a harsh reality. It caused him great suffering, and it possibly could have even killed him in the end. So Judah's sinfulness was that he took his influence, and although he saved his brother's life at that moment, he still allowed them to beat him, to kidnap him, abuse Joseph, and eventually sell him to the Ishmaelites. So Judah caused great sadness to come upon Jacob. Because as we know, Jacob loved his son, Joseph. The second point is that in order to receive the victory that we want to receive in life, the victory that God has predestined for us, and sometimes we've got to take a good look at the things that we have done. You know, you ever wonder why, well, why am I not at this place where I should be by now? By now, I should have accomplished more in my career. By now, I should have gone further in this area of life. By now, I should have own, I should own different businesses across the country. By now, I should have real estate in various places. By now, I should have six or seven different income streams. Why have I not accomplished those things that God has given me a vision to do? You've got to accept responsibility. If you want to be victorious, you can't just wallow in where you're at. You've got to look and do an inventory on the inside and accept responsibility for where you are. Accept responsibility for your actions. Now, why am I saying this to you? Why, how, we're supposed to be talking about victory. I mean, we're supposed to be saying things that are going to make us happy. Well, in order for you to get happy and get to that place that God has for you and to receive that victory, you've got to do what? you got to look in the mirror. Sometimes so many people, we want to get something from God, but the, we don't want to do a self-check. We don't want to examine ourselves and say, God, well, what is it that you would have me to do? What is it that I'm doing differently from what it is that you want for my life? Let's go back for a minute to the beginning of Genesis chapter 37. Let's go back for a minute. It says, if you read in uh, verse 1, it says, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Now, we're going to skip around a little bit, but just to get to where God wants us to be here. 
Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers. Now look at this. Joseph was only 17 years old. And it says in verse 3, now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other brothers. So that's the first reason why they were jealous of him and wanted to kill him. Because Jacob loved him more. And the reason why is because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made a robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Verse 5, Joseph had a dream. He had a vision from God, a prophetic dream. And when he told it to his brothers, in other words, he couldn't keep his mouth shut, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream. I had a dream. Anybody ever have a dream? Anybody talk too much about your dream and vision and calling and the things that God has spoken to you and wonder why there's so much hate going on around you? They can't hate on something they don't know about. And when you speak too soon about it, that's when the enemy starts throwing more and more daggers in your way to try to keep you from getting there. Why? Because the devil doesn't want you to start actually walking in the things that God calls you to. He certainly don't want you to even know that you're called to them. But when you speak too soon about them, that's when the enemy comes in and brings the attack. And so when he told his brothers about it, if you read verses 5, 6, and 7, when he told his brothers about it, in verse 8, his brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he said. So the Lady Foundation here, they had several reasons as to why they hated Joseph. Come on, somebody, y'all have enemies that are hating on you for a reason. It's not just because you dress nice and drive, and drive a nice fancy car. They're hating on you for what God says is going to accomplish in your life. That's why they're hating on you. So there's a reason the daggers are coming your way. They're coming your way for a reason. Now, if we go back and we take a look at what his brothers tried to do, what did his brothers do? They decided, you know what, we're going to kidnap Joseph. We're going to kill him. And let's see if he accomplishes what God called him to do. In essence. That's why these attacks are coming against you. Because the enemy has said to a few people, hey, if you just can distract him enough. We'll keep him from getting to where God called him to be. If you can just throw him off far enough. That's why these daggers are coming. So when sin comes in, we've got to do what? We've got to come to a, a point of accountability. We've got to come to a point of accepting responsibility for our actions. And that's what Judah did. So Judah repented. Now, remember, this is the same physical body, but a different person, meaning God did a work on the inside of Judah. Because remember, Judah was, with, it was in line with his brothers attacking Joseph, about to kill him. But Judah said, hey, let's not kill him. Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. 
And so now this same Judah watched the agony that his father Jacob went through, having losing, having lost Joseph. And watch what happened. In Genesis 43, verse 9, he says, I myself will take responsibility for him. You may demand him back from me if I do not bring him back to you and present him to you. Then you can let me take the blame forever. Now, what happened in between Genesis 37 and Genesis 43? Years went by. And Jacob was longing for and missing Joseph. And Judah being the leader, the one with the influence, somewhere in between those two moments in time, Judah surrendered and allowed God to change his heart. And he got to the point where he took responsibility for his actions. In other words, there was another brother in that camp whose name was Benjamin. And at this point, Benjamin's life was at stake. Because after all of this that they did to Joseph, they sold him into slavery. He worked in Potiphar's house. His, he was lied on by Potiphar's wife. He was thrown in jail. He worked miracles while he was in jail and in, spite, uh, in prison. While he was in prison, they forgot about him. The people he did miracles for totally forgot about him. They took their miracles and ran. And then one day, somebody needed a dream interpreting, and they went and called Joseph. And then when Joseph came, he correctly interpreted his dream, and then guess what? Where did Joseph end up? He ended up second in line. He ended up in charge, and now he's a free man. He's delivered from that prison sentence that he was wrongfully given, and now he's in a position to do what? That which God gave him a vision for when he was 17 years old. See, some of you have been given a vision from God. God spoke to you about what he wants to do in your life decades ago. And God has been putting you in position. See, that trial, that tribulation, that prison sentence, that prison of your life was what? Preparation for where God is taking you to. And then once God gets you in that position, watch this now very closely, your heart's got to be in the right place. So not only you can stay there, but you can do what God called you to do in that position. Do you not know, my brother, my sister, that you might have to forgive people in order to stay where God has taken you to? You might have to end up being wounded by people to get to where God took, is taking you to. And then once you get there, you got to forgive them and do good to them in spite of what they did to you in order to stay there. Some of y'all missed that. Let me say it again. In order to get to where God called you to, you might go through some seasons of abuse and misuse by the very same people that once God gets you where he wants you to be, you got to turn around and bless. But if your heart is not in the right place, you won't be able to stay there. Because the same one that put Joseph in that place can take Joseph right out. 
And so when Judah was talking at this time in verse in Genesis verse 43, chapter 43, verse 9. Let's go to Genesis chapter 43, verse 9. Genesis chapter 43. Let's read actually starting at verse 1. It says, now the famine was still severe in the land. So when they had eaten all the grain they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, go back and buy us a little more food. But Judah said to him, the man warned us solemnly, you will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. In other words, they went up. And they bought food. And then uh, Joseph pretended not being Joseph, didn't reveal who he was to them at the time, told them, go back and bring Benjamin with me. He said, you will not see my face. 43. 43. He said, the man warned us, Solomon, you will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. If you will send our if you will send our brother along with us, we will go down and buy food for you. But if you will not send him, we will not go down because the man said to us, you will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. Israel asked, why did you bring this trouble on me by telling the man you had another brother? See, what ended up happening is the very first time that they went to Joseph. Now, this is the same Joseph that years before, they sold him into slavery. They beat him, kidnapped him, sold him into slavery. He went through prison, made it through that process. Now he's in control. These same brothers that abused him went to him. And now watch what happens. He asked them, do you have another brother? And that brother was Benjamin that he was asking about. And so they had to come back. But Israel, who is Jacob, did not want him to take Benjamin with him. Why? Because he was wounded from losing Joseph many years ago. So they replied, the man questioned us closely about our, ourselves and our family. Is your father still living? He asked, do you have another brother? We simply answered his questions. How were we to know he would say Bring your brother down here. Then Judah said to Israel, his father, send the boy along with me and we will go at once so that we and you and our children may live and not die. I myself will guarantee his safety. You can hold me personally responsible for him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him here before you, I will bear the blame before you all my life. As it is, if we had not delayed, we could have gone and returned twice. Then the father Israel said to them, if it must be, then do this. Put some of the best products of the land in your bags and take them down to the man as a gift. A little balm and a little honey, some spices and myrrh some pistachio nuts and almonds, take double the amount of silver with you, for you must return the silver that was put back into the mouths of, the s of your sacks. Perhaps it was a mistake. Take your brother also and go back to the man at once. Some of y'all missed that. You must return the silver that was put back into the mouths of your sacks. 
because they had put extra back intentionally to make it seem like something was stolen, but it was not. Perhaps it was a mistake. Take your brother also and go back to the man at once. And may God Almighty grant you mercy before the man so that he will let your other brother and Benjamin come back to me. As for me, if I am bereaved, I am bereaved. In other words, at this point, between Genesis 37 and between Genesis 43, Judah had grew up a minute. He had grew up. Some of y'all need to grow up. You need to accept responsibility for the mistakes that you've made and the pain that you've caused other people. We're talking about why you don't have victory or how you can get the victory that you need. I mean, the real victory that you should have in your life. And some of, you know, we're doing okay. You're doing okay. I'm not saying that you're suffering mightily. You're doing okay. But you don't have that level of victory that you should have. Why? Because there's some accountability that needs to be taken. There's some looking back and saying, hey, where did I miss it? How do I get to that next level? There's some accountability that you got to take. Now, Judah was not told that he did something wrong. Something on the inside of Judah caused him to grow up and accept responsibility for the pain that he caused Jacob. And how did we know that he caused the pain? Because he had the influence over his other brothers. See, whatever Judah would have said to the other brothers, if he would have said, leave Joseph alone, let's let him go back home, you know how much dad loves him, he's done nothing wrong, let's leave him alone, guess what? They would have left him alone. But instead, Judah said, let's sell him into slavery so that we can get some sort of profit. Because what's it going to profit us to kill him? We get nothing for it. But if we sell him, we can get a profit for it. We can get something for his life. But now Joseph is a little more grown up. He's a little more mature now. And so he accepted responsibility. How do we know that he accepted responsibility? By his actions and his words. He put himself on the line. And this time he put himself on the line for Benjamin. Why? Because if Joseph, because if Israel would have lost Benjamin after losing Joseph, that would have killed him. So Judah repented. How do we get to victory? We've got to do some real soul searching and repenting. Anybody else besides me got some things you got to think about? Hey Amen. Y'all didn't really have to raise your hands. <laughs> got some things that you got to think about. Wow, should I have done that? Now, I know nobody's ever held you accountable. Nobody's going to ever come knock on your door and say, hey, you know you were wrong for that. And no, there's no requirement for you to apologize. Nobody's going to stand before you and make you apologize. But there's something about spiritual maturity. When you begin to grow up and you could look on your own without anybody telling you to and say, you know what? I might have missed that one. Judah repented. Judah didn't wait for his other brothers to repent or even acknowledge their wrongdoings. Nowhere in here does it say that the other brothers felt bad. And therefore Judah repented. 
See, the leader of the pack doesn't wait for the rest of the pack to do something in order to do what was right. The leader leads. So Judah didn't wait for his brothers to repent or acknowledge their wrongdoing. Judah recognized the pain he caused his father. And so he did what? He did what a real leader does. He sacrificed his own life for Benjamin's life. Why? Because Judah knew deep down in his heart that he was responsible for Joseph's life. After all, he was the one with the influence. There's that word again, influence. See, God has given each and every one of us a sphere of influence. Do you not know you are responsible for what you influence other people to do? God holds you accountable for what you influence people to do. There are people out there right now, they don't have to touch a person. They could just give the word. They could even give a nod. Next you know somebody's dead. You're responsible for that. They don't even have to say, a w- they don't even have to do anything. They could just say one word. Next thing you know, your whole life is messed up. They destroy somebody's life with one word. And they didn't do it. They just told one good lie. Or took the truth and added a lie to it. And they turned around and said, well, I heard that. I didn't say it, but I heard it. Somebody else said it. They said it to me. Now, the only reason why I'm saying it is because they said it. They can't ever tell you who that person was that said it. Nobody else ever comes forward and says they said it. But they say somebody said it. And they can't tell you who it was. A lie. It was a lie from the beginning. Judah grew up spiritually and repented. And then what? He sacrificed his own life. Why? Because he did not want to cause Israel to suffer any more than he already had with Joseph. And see, why is it, again, why Judah had to be the one to repent and accept the responsibility? Because Judah had the influence over his brothers he was the leader to whom much is given much is required a third point is that we have to do that we have to be the leader if God has called you to a certain place be what God called you to be be the leader you also have to accept responsibility for those around you. You didn't hear and hear Judah saying, well, all I did was suggested, you know, they went along with it. The kids sometimes tell me, well, it wasn't me. It was so-and-so. I didn't do it. They did. That sound familiar? <laughs> Leaders accept responsibility for their actions and the actions of those that they lead. That one's going to take a minute. I might have to strap your boots on. I might have to tell you that one again. Let me say it again. Leaders accept responsibility for their actions and the actions of those that they lead. That means that when Judah repented, he couldn't just say, it was just me only. He had to accept responsibility for his actions and the actions of the people that he led. Why? Because had he not suggested to sell Joseph into slavery, he never would have been sold into slavery. 
had he simply said, let's leave him alone and let's let him go home. That wouldn't have happened. But also, let's remember that there was purpose in that taking place. So there was a purpose in the entire assignment. So Joseph offered himself as, Judah offered himself as Joseph's servant in exchange for Benjamin's freedom. So let's go over to Genesis 44. Genesis chapter 44, verses 1 through uh, 17. So what ended up happening is that Joseph deceived his brothers. He instructed his overseer to put silver in Benjamin's sack. When they came back with Benjamin, uh, Joseph still had not revealed to his brothers who he was, but he instructed. But he instructed his brothers. check. Joseph deceived his brothers by instructing the overseer of his house to put the silver goblet in Benjamin's sack. So when he came back with, uh, when they came back with Benjamin, uh, Joseph still hadn't revealed himself. So what he turned around and did was he tricked them. He told his overseer, put some extra silver in Benjamin's sack. It'll make it appear like he had stolen something when he did not. Then Joseph sends his overseer to catch the brothers. In other words, when they went to leave, he sent his overseer, he said, now go get them. And demand that the one who stole the silver goblet would become his slave. In other words, Joseph knew what he was doing. He was trying to set up the scene where they had to go get Israel and bring Israel back. That's what he was doing. So uh, in, a, in a display, Judah, now here's this repentance. True repentance. Let me show you the difference. And this is what gets you to the point of victory. Because keep in mind now, Joseph was in a position where he could have harmed his brothers. See, the same people that put Joseph in prison, the same people that sold him in slavery, same people that sold him in slavery, Joseph now could have enslaved. So watch, watch, watch what happens here. Judah offered himself as a replacement for Benjamin, his youngest brother. And Judah took full responsibility for the promise he made to his father to protect Benjamin. He took full responsibility for the promise that he made um, to Israel to protect Benjamin. And he sacrificed himself for it. So this was not the same Judah from Genesis 37. He took responsibility. Here's what happened. Let's go to Genesis 44.
It says in verse 1, now Joseph gave these instructions to the steward of his house. That's the overseer of his house. Fill the men's sack with as much food as they can carry and put each man's silver in the mouth of his sack. Then put my cup, the silver one, in the mouth of the youngest one's sack. That's Benjamin's along with the silver of hi for his grain. And he did as Joseph said. So did they steal from Joseph? No. Joseph set this up for a reason. Now keep in mind, they did no wrong. But watch how Judah's repentance brings them victory. Because Joseph now was in a position where he could have put them in slavery. Catch this. These are the same brothers that sold him into slavery for no reason. He now could have put them into slavery for no reason. But he didn't do that. Why? Because when repentance come in, when Judah repented and kept his promise to his father to protect Benjamin, that's when the victory came in for them that saved that whole generation. So if we go down to verse 16, it says, what can we say to my Lord, Judah replied? What can we say? How can we prove our innocence? In other words, they tried to say that they stole something. They did not steal it. But Judah replied, what can we say? How can we prove our innocence? God has uncovered your servant's guilt. We are now my Lord's slaves. We ourselves are the one who was found to have the cup. But Joseph said, far be it from me to do such a thing. Only the man who was found to have the cup will become my slave. The rest of you go back to your father in peace. Verse 18, then Judah went up to him and said, Pardon your servant, my Lord. Let me speak a word to my Lord. Do not be angry with your servant, though you are equal to Pharaoh himself. Remember now, Joseph was at this point equal to Pharaoh. So he could have enslaved them. He could have had them killed. So what is the message? The same people that tried to kill you. If you'll learn to forgive, you'll one day end up being in a position where you can decide what happens to them. That's where the victory comes in. But you must go through that trial and that tribulation in order to get to that place. See, some of you think that victory is the destination. Victory is the process. Because the process of that trial in that tribulation and the changing of your heart, your dedication unto God, that's what gets you to the place that God has set for you. That's what brings you your victory. So now Joseph, being in the position now, he's no longer the 17-year-old that was being beaten and bullied and abused by his brothers. He's now in a position where he can do the abuse. But watch what happens here. He said, do you have a father or a brother? And we answered, we have an aged father. And there is a young son born to him in his old age. His brother is dead. Now, they don't know that they're talking to him. And he is the only one of his mother's sons left. 
and his father loves him. You see, Benjamin was the only one left, the only son left. Then you said to your servants, bring him down to me so that I can see him for myself. Why? Because Joseph missed Benjamin. And we said to my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father. If he leaves him, his father will die. Why? Because Joseph, because Israel was so sad and tormented over losing Joseph, he couldn't bear to lose Benjamin too. But you told your servants, unless your youngest brother comes down with me, with you, you will not see my face again. When we went back to your servant, my father, we told him what my Lord had said. Then our father said, go back and buy a little more food. But we said we cannot go down. Only if our youngest brother is with us we w will we go. We cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Your servant, my father, said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons, Joseph and Benjamin. One of them went away from me, and I said, he has surely been torn to pieces, and I have not seen him since. If you take this one from me too and harm comes to him, you will bring my gray head down to the grave in misery. In other words, he would die. He had already lost Joseph. He couldn't bear to lose Benjamin. So now, if the boy is not with us, when I go back to your servant, my father, and if my father, whose life is closely bound up with the, boy, with the boy's life, sees that the boy isn't there, he will die. Your servants will bring the gray head of our father down to the grave in sorrow. Your servant guaranteed the boy's safety to my father. Now, what is that saying? Judah accepted responsibility. Not only for his actions, but his role as an older brother. Anybody got an older sibling? It is their responsibility normally to protect the younger ones. So he accepted his responsibility to protect the younger ones. Why? This is a totally different Judah. Remember, Judah was older. He was the older sibling to Joseph. He didn't fulfill his responsibility. He didn't protect him. So it says, your servant guaranteed the boy's safety to my father. I said, if I do not bring him back to you, I will bear the blame before you, my father, all my life. Now then, please let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy and let the boy return with his brothers. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No, do not let me see the misery that will come on my father. In other words, Judah cannot bear, he couldn't bear seeing what happened to his dad after Joseph was gone. He wouldn't have been able to bear seeing that happen again with Benjamin. How do you know you have a changed heart when you actually care what happens to other people? When you actually care. See, some of you have to repent for not even caring about what you have done to other people. I've heard people say, you know what? I don't care how they feel about it. And really mention in their heart. Just don't care what pain you've caused other people. I'm talking about growing up spiritually. How do you get to the place of victory? How can God trust you with the vision that he gave to you 
and set you in the positions that he want to put you in and keep you there. And you don't even care about the people made in his image. You don't care what damage you've done to them. See, the old Judah cared more about what he got for selling Joseph than how Israel felt and the pain and the misery that he felt of losing Joseph. The new Judah cares. That's what happens with repentance. There is a true change. And then that's when victory comes. It was at that point that Joseph, the Bible says, could no longer control himself. Because, see, Joseph realized at that point, I'm dealing with a different Judah. I'm dealing with somebody that's grown up spiritually. I'm dealing with somebody that's taken accountability for the things that they have done to me and wants to do right by the younger brother that I love. I'm dealing with somebody that wants to take responsibility for what he's done to my father and the pain and the agony that he's caused. And why did he cause it? Because he had the influence. He had the influence over my other brothers, and he could have directed them to leave me alone. But guess what? Even though he didn't direct them to totally leave me alone, it was all a part of God's plan. There was purpose in it. Now watch what happens in uh, Genesis 45. It says in verse 1, Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. He couldn't take it anymore. He says, so there was no one. It says, so there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. In other words, surely they thought in their mind, oh, now he's going to get us. Because we know what we did to him. Now he's in position. See, it's funny, those same people that have done you wrong. Once God puts you in position, those very same people, are scared. Oh, what's she going to do to us? What's going to happen? What's he going to do to us? They were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I'm your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Funny how some of y'all need to go tell some people, see, I'm the one you tried to kill. See, I'm still here. Look what God has done. And just walk off. See, some of y'all got people out there that literally bona fide tried to kill you. I mean straight tried to kill you for real. You ought to write down one little note and just say, I'm still here. All glory belongs to God. You ain't got to do nothing else. Just sign your name at the button. Just write one little note that says, I am still here. All glory belongs to God. And sign your name at the bottom. Send it to them. When they get in, they open up. God saved me. I'm still here. Some of y'all going to be in your office one day working. You least, least expect it. 
and you're going to look up and somebody that tried to overstep you for that job is going to walk through that door and say, hey, can I get an application? You never know where you're going to be in life. That's why you always try to treat people right and do what's right because, you know, it comes back around. Things have a way of coming back around. So when jo Joseph said, come close to me, and when they had done so, they teetered over. He said, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt, the one you thought you killed, the one you beat and abused and kidnapped. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Look what the Lord has done. Now you're in front of me asking for food. Now I'm in a position where I can put you all in, slave, in slavery. What a moment that must have been. Some of y'all are going to have some of those moments. Them same people that you were hating on and mistreating. The same people that hated on you and mistreated you. One day are going to have to walk into your building and say, wow. Look what the Lord has done. But watch the response. See, there's got to be a difference in them and a difference in you. Because, see, if Joseph hadn't been different, this whole story would have been different. See, some of y'all would have been like, oh, yeah, no, I'd have got them. Mm -mm. Every last one of them would have been slavery. I'd, I'd, I'd have saved Israel, and I might would have saved Benjamin. But every last one of them, including Judah, would have been slaves. How would the story have ended then? That wasn't the vision that God had for him. That wasn't the purpose. That wasn't the plan. Watch what happens next. He said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. In other words, it wasn't about you then. It's not about to be about you now. You see, the vision God gave me back then, that was this moment. So don't even be upset with yourself because what you tried to do to me was God's will, was God's purpose to get me to his will to save you. So it was never even about you. It was never even about me. It was about God's plan the whole time. He says, and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. See, remember, when Judah repented, when Judah accepted responsibility for his actions and the actions of his brothers, when Judah sacrificed himself, then Joseph revealed who he was. Not until then. So it takes that repentance, that personal accountability to get to victory. And for Joseph, it, take, it took those trials and tribulations and false accusations, somebody, to get to victory. You see, Joseph could have simply and easily and quickly put his brothers in slavery, but it wouldn't have gotten them Israel. It wouldn't have gotten restoration. It wouldn't have gotten them to victory. The only way that you're going to get to victory is forgiveness. 
some of you are stuck on what they did to you. Some of you are stuck on what they said about you. Them lies that they told on you, somebody. You get stuck on those. Well, that wasn't true. Okay, it wasn't. We know it wasn't true. Everybody know it wasn't true. They knew it wasn't true when they said it. You stuck telling people that it wasn't true. Didn't nobody believe it? No way. But you stuck with that. Somebody. You stuck in the place of your trial and you're missing your victory. So when he said to them, and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. God sent me ahead of you. For what? For his purpose. So all of it was for the purpose of God. See, you can't get to that purpose of God without trials and tribulations, false accusations, repentance, and forgiveness. That's how you get to victory. Some of you are wondering why I haven't made it to my next level or why I just get here and then something happened. It's just the devil just knocking me down. No, 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 no. Let's clarify this. The devil can't do nothing. He's got no power. You want your victory, you got to go through your trial and tribulation. You got to go through those false accusations. You got to go through your prison seasons. You got to go through that rejection. You got to repent. You got to forgive so that you can get to and stay in that vision that God calls you to. For two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. In other words, it was all a God, part of God's plan. He predestined to save us. See, God is predestined to save you and your generations. He's predestined to preserve you. And these situations, God will allow to get you to where you need to be. So stop fighting the trial and the tribulation. And just keep trusting and worshiping and praising God. Get to the point where self-accountable. Repent and do what is right. And guess what? Forgive. Forgive so that you can walk in the victory that God has called you to. It says in verse 8, so then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Now look at this. This is the same little boy running around with the coat on. You know that little crazy boy with the coat on? Get out. Same little boy with the coat on. They had the dream. They walked up to it. I said, you know what? I had this dream last night. You got to watch those dreamers. I'm a dreamer, too. You got to watch those dreamers. Dreamers like me, we're crazy. Yeah, we are. I, I, it's a badge for me at this point. We're crazy. <laughs> you got to watch that little dreamer, that little 17-year-old dreamer. 
Yeah, him. That same little person. Guess what? God made him father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all of Egypt. So that little one that you see running around in the family that's a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, watch that one. That might be the one that God set and assigned to save the whole generation. Amen. I hope you got something from that tonight. I want you to, in your own time, grow up a little bit spiritually. Go back and read Genesis chapter 37 through Genesis 45 and see what the Lord says to you in your own situations. In order for you to get the victory that God has for you, you got to remember the vision that he gave you. You got to realize that there's going to be some trials and tribulations that you're going to have to go through in order to get to it. You got to take your mind off the people and remember that vision that God gave you. And whatever role you're playing in it, you got to accept some responsibility and repent when you've done some things that are wrong. It's going to take some personal accountability. There was no court that held Judah and his brothers responsible. You can't say it was them and not me, especially if you're in the role of a leader. Why? Because you got the influence. And God is giving you the influence. And you can't be walking around saying, well, I did this and I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I did this. I really wouldn't read about. No, you got to accept responsibility. You got to repent for real. And then sometimes you got to make some sacrifices. But you got to forgive. You got to forgive. So right now in your heart, if you have somebody that you have holding things against or situation, it could be your ex-husband. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, I said that. I said it. Could be ex-husband. I said it. I, s I said it. Let me say it again. And let me say it again. It could be an ex-husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me, one more time. One more time. I'm saying it for the people in the back. One more, one more time. It could be an ex-husband. Yeah. Some of y'all need to forgive some ex-husbands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's leave that right there. Leave that right. Let me tap dance on that for a second. Some of y'all need to forgive some ex-husbands. Okay. Guess what? He went all wrong. I'm going to leave that one alone. I'm sure I'm going to get some letters on that one. Okay. I'm not going to read them. Just want y'all to know that ahead of time. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word that has gone forth. We pray that it has gone forth unhindered and unchecked. We pray, Lord God, that it fell on good ground. We ask you, Lord God, to move mightily by your power. We ask you, Lord God, to uh, speak to us, God, even in our night seasons, God, and to Reveal to us that which you have for us, God, for our lives. We thank you, God, for the victory that is only in you. In Jesus' name, amen always.